What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Kendrick Gwen, the co-founder and CEO of Republic here with us. Republic started as a crowdfunding platform with a mission to democratize fundraising and a vision to become a true marketplace for private investing. Republic's family of companies now provide end-to-end fundraising, distribution, and advisory solutions targeting token and equity sales to retail and institutional investors. Republic is an industry leader in this effort through equity crowdfunding, syndicated investments, and direct VC introductions. This conversation was absolutely amazing, and I actually got introduced to Kendrick through one of my good friends and mentors, Aristotle Loomis, which was one of the first individuals to launch a campaign on Republic. So huge shout out to Aristotle. But before we get started, make sure to take a moment to share this episode with a friend, especially anyone who has a startup. This episode will be very valuable to them. And with that being said, enjoy the episode with Kendrick Gwen. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I never run ads, but I've made an exception because I truly believe in this company and actually use the product myself. So here we go. Today's episode of Rise of the Young is brought to you by Catch, a free tax withholding and benefits platform for anyone. Whether you're a podcaster like me, graphic designer, hairstylist, entrepreneur, or all-around hustler, you can tell Catch to automatically take a percentage from each paycheck or payment you receive to be set aside for your taxes, time off, or a rainy day. Catch also offers retirement accounts, even if you have student loans or debt. It's never too early or too late to save for your future. With Catch's percentage-based contribution system, it doesn't matter if you receive $30, $3,000, or $30,000, they'll put away whatever percentage you'd like each time you're paid for free. So sign up now with promo code Casey2020 at catch.co to get $10 after you save $100 in Catch. Here we go. All right. What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Kendrick Wen with us, the co-founder and CEO of Republic. Thanks so much for coming on, Kendrick. Casey, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be uh, on uh, Rise of the Young. I appreciate it. So I'm a huge fan of Republic, man. I've been checking out the platform for the past couple of months through our mutual friend, Aristotle Loomis, and I am just amazed at what you've built. And the first question I want to ask you, Kendrick, is when did you create Republic and where did the idea come from? First of all, I just want to say, like, again, thank you so much, like coming from you and that you know about Republic. I mean, that means so much uh, to to, uh, me and the team and our community. Uh, But we're just across our fourth year anniversary. So we launched back in 2016. And, you know, it's an interesting question on like how one does something. I think a lot of it is a combination of intention and then just opportunities in life. So I think we all have this like desire to do you know, more. And if you're happy, then you want to help other people around you. So that intention manifests whether you're a parent or whether you're a friend or whatever it may be. In my case, uh, having a legal background and also having a venture background. So it just happened that there, there was a change in law under President Obama that made crowd investing possible. So this kind of like confluence of opportunities and intention, I think how uh, we came into existence 
and I think that's how people do what they do, you know, in most cases, right? Yeah, totally. That's amazing. So prior to Republic, you said you had a legal background, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I started out uh, as a securities lawyer and then went back into, uh, you know, to venture. I was a AngelList general counsel. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what AngelList is, uh, they're basically one of the more well-known investment yep. platforms out of Silicon Valley, if not the most well-known. Yep. We raised the very first million dollars through AngelList. <laughs> now, it's only available to millionaires or accredited investors. Uh, and that's all fine and good, but obviously the vision or the, the dream that we at Republic have and we hope that, that people find relatable is that you don't have to be a millionaire, that you can be a college student investing in your friend's tech idea or that you can be a single mom from Ecuador investing $10 yeah. in SpaceX, you know? So, uh, so that, non, that, that retail kind of like investing for the masses that's what we're doing and and that was new then and now we're four years into this whole new industry that's very cool can you talk to me about the power of crowdfunding because i know um, i'm sure a lot of people have heard the word before but you guys are doing it in such a unique way and i'd love to get your thoughts on just the power of it and where you see it going you asked an, a very interesting question because on our side we've been trying to not use the word crowdfunding because it's so confusing, right? So I'll just give a very quick recap of like the term crowdfunding. So uh, Indiegogo and Kickstarter started out now well over 10 years ago, allowing people to just buy things before they were made. So it's, you know, it's called, yeah, basically donation based, but basically buying products. Then just the whole thing of like GoFundMe where it's straight up philanthropy, people just giving away money for different causes. Angelis actually in 2013 started the very first trend of the public investing into a company or two, again, only for millionaires. So what's the difference between buying a product and investing? One, if you buy a phone and once you're done using it, you're done using it. There's nothing, it has nothing to do with Apple as a company. If you own, if you invest in Apple stocks, and you don't buy a single phone, but they sell like a gazillion of them, yeah. and the stock price goes up, and you get a little bit of something. The same idea applies to private companies that is skin in the game rather than yes. just consuming. And that's crowd investing. And so we want to start using the term micro-investing or crowd-investing to like differentiate between donation and buying product. I love that. Um, I want to ask you, there's a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast, whether they have a tech startup or just any type of business. What are the requirements to get on Republic and how does one do so if they're not familiar? Yeah, uh, we very much believe in uh, funding, financing startups that are adding value and they don't have to be in Silicon Valley or already backed by Andreessen Horowitz but at the end of the day, it's an investment platform. So they gotta be credible, right? If you're gonna offer profit share, then we gotta believe that the company one day will be profitable. Uh, So out of like over 30,000 applications in the past four years, we have selected and launched less than 250. So it's a very, very um, high curative lens. Now that said, we're gonna, you know, over time, add on new verticals of business models so that it's not just tech companies, but hey, if a restaurant 
that has a lot of potential and want to give up a percentage of the revenue that we can accommodate that as well. So we continue to grow and take on more types of companies. But yes, there's a high curative lens on credibility that we do apply. Totally. Speaking of different types of companies, I know that um, I just had Janine Yorio on the show from Compound, which I know that you guys just recently acquired. Um, I'd love for you to touch on that. Just the conversation I had with Janine was amazing and how she brought you know, that model to real estate. And I'd love to ask you, now that I have you on the show, is what made you interested in that acquisition um, to bring it into the Republic branch? Yes, uh, Janine and Jesse, founders of Compound, uh, joined us to launch Republic Real Estate last month. What, hard to believe there's been less <laughs> number. But the whole notion of that is uh, everyday people investing small amount in residential real estate over time will add to their real estate product as well. But I, get, uh, I got the question a lot in the first couple of weeks that, hey, aren't you guys all about startup financing and startup investing? What's up with this like real estate thing? Yeah. Well, startup investing has the all or nothing return potential. So for every one Uber, you probably have a hundred companies that launch on AngelList that didn't work out, right? Now, Uber, if you invested $1,000 in Uber in the very first round, that once it went public was worth something like $5 million. So it's a huge multiple. Yeah. Now, that, is, that kind of like return value proposition is not all that there is. And some people want something else. So a lot of people tell us that like, hey, yes, and I do want to invest privately, but I don't want to invest in something that there's a high risk of losing everything. And I don't care to make 10x or 100x. I just want to have like 30% you know, yeah. upside potential. Real estate is obviously an investment and asset class that's been around since the dawn of humanity. We'll be the, on the last one to go right before we, before we disappear thousands of years from yeah. now. So it's a natural thing that we bring it onto our platform and introduce that to our community. The question is, do we have the expertise to do that? And we didn't do that at launch because we came from Silicon Valley. We came from venture. I didn't know real estate. I still don't know much about real estate. Janine and Jesse and her team, I mean, they have like such incredible depth, you know, having worked for like major asset firms. And so bridging knowledge and expertise and the foundation that we have it was kind of like a match made in heaven totally. during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to touch on that too. How have you guys transitioned with everything happening now? I know that on your Instagram stories, I'll see you doing the team Zoom calls. But how have you guys transitioned throughout 2020 with everything that's unfolded? We're lucky in the sense that our team uh, has always been spread out in different cities. Uh, New York is the home base, the headquarter. We have team members in San Francisco, in LA, in Eastern Europe, even in Kuwait. So the transition from like an office based uh, mainly in New York and San Francisco to predominantly remote hasn't been a major challenge for us. What has been a challenge is that we've had a lot more products to ship and a lot more initiatives and yeah. merger acquisition that happened uh, in, in the past three, four months. Yeah. Things that the company would take a year or two to do. So yeah. it's been a lot of uh, on, on everyone, but we managed to, to, uh, to have had some of the most productive time uh, that the team has had. Very cool. As the founder, 
of Republic. How do you maintain, you know, company culture in your organization, especially digitally? Oh man, that is a, such a tough question. <laughs> um, I gotta say, there's no, and I, I don't. There isn't a one size fit all, and I obviously don't pretend that I have anything to to uh, prescribe or to teach. It's just my own experience and how we, as, as a team at Republic, operate. But I think at the end of the day, navigate however you want. But the one thing to look out for relentlessly is just positivity. Are people interacting with one another in a positive fashion? Do you see Slack messages getting out of hand and jumping in and encouraging that, hey, guys, take a break and jump back on Zoom, right? And so uh, fostering that positive culture so that people both internally and when you work with business partners, that that shines through, uh, I think is just the, the number one driving uh, Cadillac North Star for us. And so we're entering a different and interesting time in navigating that. It used to be that off-site, you know, company retreat. Yeah. I mean, those are meant to, to foster team culture and positivity. Well, now we pretty much everyone is truly separated and communicating on Zoom. And Zoom only goes to a certain extent. So I'm basically thinking about the potential of basically doing a lot more smaller but frequent off-site okay. to smaller groups to get together uh, at maybe once a month. Uh, rather than once or twice a year and basically on-site the new off-site for like the, the foreseeable future. But I probably will have more to share from my own experiences okay. a year from now. It's going to be interesting. Very cool. Are you personally based in San Francisco? You know, I used to be based uh, at airports. Okay. <laughs> Hardly ever stayed in one city uh, for more than like a week or so. Uh, but, you know, I'm you know, technically New York City's home. Uh, but I do go back and forth between California and New York, like very regularly, even now, even in the past month. Okay. I, I'd love to, you know, go back in time, you know, before legal and then before launching Republic, what were some of your early ambitions and goals throughout your childhood? Because um, I think that's important, you know, for people to hear early on, where was your mind at? What were you focused on? And how did that defined who you are to, you know, get into legal, which led you to launching Republic? You know, it, it is a rather interesting story, but um, if you don't mind, I'll just walk, you know, back on memory lane a little totally. bit. My, my family immigrated from, from Vietnam to the U.S. And, uh, you know, we settled out in the Bay Area and I skip a few, uh, you know, classes, a few years. But the notion that you're in you know, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, you hear these names, you know, Google and Amazon and Facebook, and they were all private companies. And, you know, you hear them, but you were never like part of the story, right? And, you know, like most Asian immigrants, you got to be either a doctor or a lawyer. And so somehow I kind of like got nudged into the path of like law. But the notion of like, it's very clear to me that entrepreneurship is, the, the, is what going to define how we live and work much more so than before. And even when I went into law, the, the companies that I worked with, some of whom were, were tech startups, uh, but I still couldn't get in. Even when you're, even if you're a law firm partner, even if you're a retired doctor, it's not like you could invest fully in Facebook. So that notion of like, hey, here's this one thing that will change the world as we know of it. How do you let more people in? And at first it started with like, how do I get in? 
or and before that it was like how come i can get in and it seems like my parents couldn't get in either yeah. um so that, that 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 notion of like hey i want to feel relatable to the headlines in the news yeah. uh, was and i think is still that driving force it just kind of like manifests itself in different ways and you know I, i did law not because i thought that law would be a key a solution to that it ended up being a key component of it but uh yeah intention and opportunities in life i think totally man, absolutely i'd love for you to tell you know a founder out there just what's the difference when it comes to like founder focus that's what you guys are uh if someone goes and raises a hundred thousand dollars from just you know a seed pre-seed round investor versus raising a hundred thousand dollars on republic i'd love for you to you know, compare them and talk about the differences because I know as founders that are listening to this show, there is major differences and, you know, the access and control and, you know, increased valuation. Um, just to give some insight on what that means for the people that don't know, I'd love for you to dive us in there. Uh, that's a that's a broad question uh, and and fully loaded. Uh, let me uh, let me try to answer it. And if I uh, you know if I kind of like rant a little bit, just stop yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the probably the number one advice in looking back, uh, thinking back, you know, about things I didn't know that I wish that I knew, uh, you know, when I uh, undertook this this journey that is actually much harder on the one hand than anyone, than, even though people tell you that, hey, being a founder is really hard, it is really, really, really dang hard. In the sense, you got to set aside like whatever hurdle or like mental, you know, issues or drama to give it your all, then maybe, just maybe that it works. And secondly, definitely don't let people's like naysaying or don't be discouraged by no. If you look at my background, Republic, one would think that fundraising would have been very easy. And outside, it may look easy, but it has not been at all. We're now financially more stable than we ever have. And yes, we have like very long runway right now, today, looking at you at least three times during the past four years we were like teetering on the, the verge of like running out of cash because despite, you know, pitching probably over 250 VCs and we wow. got warm intros, we got the meetings, the model of what, we're, of what we were aiming for back then seemed so unrealistic and seemed so far-fetched that yeah. it was like, no, 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 even though there were thousands of hours committed to, to fundraising. Yeah. And you just gotta like keep on to the best extent you can. Just keep at it, and and uh, no one has the answer. Just because Sequoia and Tristan Horowitz decided that you know your company is not right for them at that time, it doesn't mean that there aren't better, more value-add investors. So take every no with a grain of salt and use it for like whatever lessons you can take away from it. But let it roll off your back, and you know don't care about it so much. I love that. No, that it's amazing, man. If you were to give yourself advice when you were starting Republic four years ago with everything that you've learned now, what would you tell yourself? Ha. Huh. Um, uh, <laughs> I probably would tell myself that four years from now, you guys, meaning Republic, will be just fine. Because <laughs> when we started four years ago, I knew it would be like a tremendously difficult business model. You're building a two-sided marketplace. 
yeah. and a new industry that no one, 99% of people out there have never invested privately. So there's a lot of work to get there. And so um, th there were a lot of like anxiety and we needed, you know, just validations to, yeah. to believe that this is worth doing. Uh, so there were a lot of unnecessary anxiety. I think at one point I just got into a mindset of like, you know, I'm just going to go all in at all costs. And, yeah. uh, and I wish I had that mindset uh, back in 2016. It would have, uh, I don't know, just made it a little bit less uh, yeah. stress in the early months. When did you guys launch your first campaign on Republic? And how did you feel that day? Oh, man. Uh, so uh, my dear friend. of uh, Alison Eyewear. I mean, that's one of the very first campaigns that launched on Republic, all right? Uh, yeah, shout uh, out to Aristotle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, it took us a full year to deploy $1 million into the first 10 companies. And especially wow. when you just launched, you know, convincing, for example, like companies now that go to Republic, you know, we've had a long record of history. Now we have 700,000 community members and we routinely raise for people. There's a methodology. It's, a, it's not a hard sell. It's proven. <laughs> Aristotle to believe in Republic, a wholly unvalidated platform to go through all of the hoops and hassle of launching a campaign. And so it was kind of like a personal uh, debt for me to do whatever I can to make sure that they could close successfully. Yeah. But it was, it took everything we had and more, uh, and as well as, you know, partners like Aristotle and their end to be able to do that. Uh, glad to report that now it's a lot more, you know, streamlined. There's a okay. whole methodology. And if a founder follows exactly what we tell them to do, which is a lot, they're going to meet their funding expectation on the lower end. There's no question about that. Love that. How did you and Aristotle meet? Uh, how did we meet? Uh, I can't remember. I think Chicago had always been uh, an ecosystem that we okay. deeply interested in. It's a, you know amazing, beautiful city, yeah. obviously a financial hub, but somehow got ignored by tech back then, right? So you yeah. have Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley in New York, and then Boston. And Chicago, or like quote-unquote represent this like vast area of the United States that have been ignored. And given that uh, our focus is on access and inclusion, yeah. we think that talents exist everywhere. And so we had that focus in Chicago and built relationship together with Scott at Technori. And I think that's through whom we met uh, Aristotle. Very cool. So you guys have launched, you said, around 250 campaigns. Is that correct? Yes, we have. Uh, I don't have the exact count, uh, okay, but totally. in, uh, yeah, mid 200 uh, by okay. now. Like looking into the next, you know, four or five years, how, are any, how many campaigns are you guys expected to launch year over year when it comes to the growth? Because I'm sure, you know, as you're vetting more deals and have more um, track record, like you said, it's you can identify more companies that you want to bring on the platform. So looking forward, what are you guys expecting to do when it comes to campaigns and the numbers? Uh, every year uh, since 2016, we have grown uh, exponentially triple digit, right? Uh, either between 2x and 8x. Yeah. Uh, now, it's really hard to benchmark a fixed number of campaigns because the, the end goal is to bring on as many compelling investment opportunities as possible. 
And our goal is a little cheesy, but we really do want to be Amazon for private investing. That is people investing in small amounts as quickly and easily as buying products on Amazon. Right? If you yeah. love a tea brand or, you know, or a, a phone case, you should be able to invest in that if you like it so much. That's the thesis. And you can't really be Amazon of anything if you just sell books, if you just have like yeah. 20 companies selling products. So obviously the end goal is number, is numerosity. Uh, but how fast we get there depends on a number of factors, depends on you know, the market's appetite for tech companies. And we now bring in on real estate, we bring on game development financing, we basically, we acquire a platform called FIG back yep. in April. Uh, so by expanding into new verticals uh, and, and being sensitive to like the demand of our community investor base, uh, I do hope that like in a year or two, in two years, that the number of companies that have closed on Republic would be in the thousands rather than in the hundreds. Totally. No, that's awesome. The Amazon of, you said crowd investing. Is that how you said it? Private investing. The Amazon of private investing. That, I love that. That could be the title right there. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. And one is just when it comes to Repub Republic and its core values, when you first started it, did you see it how you see it now or has it changed over time with the successes and struggles that you've had throughout the journey? Uh, many things have changed uh, in the past four years, but one thing that has not changed is our general mission. Uh, and that mission is essentially, you know, making a startup financing uh, and startup investing more accessible, more inclusive. Uh, out of that is the notion of like wealth equity, right? If you look at um, the, 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 the wealthiest uh, among you know, Americans have up to 30% or more of their personal assets in private investment, in real estate, in startup, in whatever else. Uh, and we want more people to be able to do that. And wealth equity, I think, is a solution to social inequality, something that, you know, is very much headlined yeah. That lens has never changed. And on day one, we made some decisions that were highly unpopular among our advisors uh, in venture. For example, why do you set up an office in you know, New York when it's easier to fundraise in Silicon Valley? You should never hire team members with an MBA because you know, if they're not an engineer or product manager, they're not tech enough. Well, yeah. In reality, if you aim to... to, to introduce a business model that's relatable to all different demographics, you gotta be able to recruit and learn from the experiences and differences and talents from people of all different backgrounds. So I think our team and the way that we've been growing today and our lens, uh, that has always been, and I think for as long as I have anything to do with Republic, is probably that and positivity. Um, the, the two values that hopefully uh, will, will be our defining uh, attributes. Love that. What's your advice to someone starting a tech company when it comes to, you know, working with the right developers and the right designers to actually create a working product? Because I know going from A to B in that world, there's a lot of complexity there and um, you've done it very well. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited to share and share as a non-technical, uh, you know, founder at that, right? Yeah. Uh, so obviously it depends on the business model that, you, that you're building. Uh, but in short, in the near term, 
get whatever developers or a team that you can execute the quickest and dishing out, you know, version B, C, D, E, F and pivot as quickly as possible. So building fast uh, and, and being able to validate quickly is highly, is very, very important off the out, at the outset. But you've got to almost immediately, once something starts to work, build a team that knows how to build that foundation because otherwise, uh, and this is a, uh, a learning for many companies uh, that, that had you know, dealt with the same issue as well. You end up, once your beta version, it was very quickly dish up, start to work, you just add on more and more, and you build basically a castle on like four, you know, flimsy yeah. sticks. And then at one point to rebuild that foundation is going to be an inordinate, you know, in extraordinarily difficult effort. Uh, so that'd be my, my take. Uh, and for any non-technical co-founder, having a technical co-founder, which I, you know, very fortunate to, to have had, uh, is, is a key thing. And if you're a technical co-founder, consider adding senior team members right off the bat, uh, if not straight up a co-founder, with strong either business or community uh, expertise so that you can balance it out. It's more comforting to have people with the same background, have the, the same you know, language in conversation, uh, but down the road, that diverse uh, diversity in background experience will prove to be a, a major strength. I love that. And that was, love that answer. That was amazing. Last question before we wrap up, Kendrick, is just what are you excited about moving forward with Republic? I'm sure there's lots of things you guys have coming up soon, but what are you personally excited about? Uh, I'm just really excited that we're basically thanks to again, you know, people like you, Casey, sharing what we do. That we're I think about to see mainstream adoption. That yeah. more and more people see about it. So I'm just excited to see the, the growth or like kind of like if you look back in like the '70s and recycling, there was a moment in time I'm sure that people were like, "Huh, yeah, recycling. Obviously, that makes sense." <laughs> and you know, if I could, I would love to go back and watch that year in like you know fast track, right? Yeah. So now I think we're at that point when it's self-explanatory. People go to republic.co, they kind of like look at it, and I'm sure nine out of 10, be like, huh, compelling. They're gonna read more, if not necessarily invest. So that, that adoption and, and how quickly I think retail capital will change the narrative around investing is something that I think all of us will, uh, will witness in the next year or two. Uh, Republic just happened to be in the ecosystem, but I think there'll be many forces. So yeah, I'm just excited for once, you know, be at the tips of, of like a real shift in, in wealth generation and private investing and see the different iterations that, that come out of that. I love that. And it's, it's crazy too, because whenever I first saw Republic, it was so compelling to me. And I spent hours of my time digging into more about what you guys do and your vision and, you know, be about it. And I tell so many people personally, and I, I, I saw a lot of my close friends and family members, like I, after I interviewed Janine, I uh, invested into a, one of the Miami properties. And it's one of those things where, like you said, it, it creates that conversation of being a part of something which you normally weren't able to be a part of unless you had millions of dollars to you know invest privately so i'm super excited to to watch you guys grow and and i want to share that uh casey that we very recently uh, rolled out our own digital token i don't know how many people on the call yeah. or listening in uh crypto enthusiasts but in short it's basically an instrument a digital securities 
almost like a point system, like airlines mileage points, but that it pays out profit uh, from the public. The whole notion of that is so that we can incentivize and thank partners and other people who send deals, you know, refer friends to go on the platform. And as Republic continues to grow, uh, so will the, the dividend potential that will be paid out to the token. Uh, and even though we do a public sale now, down the road, we're going to have uh, just a grant program that people who do certain things without investing, even just visiting and telling a friend about it, they, they can earn these notes and down the road are going to be able to get some economic interest when companies on Republic do well and go public or get acquired. Wow. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm going to make sure to link everything down below so that everyone that's been listening today can go check it out. And last but not least, Kendrick, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show today. It's been such a pleasure and huge shout out to Aristotle for uh, connecting the two of us. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation today. Thank you so much, my man. It's truly an honor to be here and really looking forward to coming back whenever you would have me. Yep.